This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. I was watching Colbert and he was on the street asking people about where food came from. At first I was like, there's no way these people actually exist and this has to be scripted and it wasn't. People had no idea chicken was chicken. I had a piece of chicken sent back because there was a bone and this was appalling to this customer. I deal with mostly meat and I love meat, but I also understand that that meat was a living being once. So I'm going to try and show it the most respect as possible even vegetables and stuff. Somebody put a lot of effort into growing that for me. So why not show it the full respect? Throwing out ends and not making your own stocks, that's craziness. That's Chef Mike Gaumont. He's the chef at St. Martha's Brasserie in Orleans, Ontario. He's passionate about educating others on the origins of our food. Chef Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So for people that don't know your story, know your journey, take a few minutes and walk us through that. So I'm a military brat. I grew up overseas for the most part of my life. So kind of got interested in different kind of foods over there. Uh, my grandfather was a chef. He owned restaurants in Montreal. Um, and then spending some summers with him, I kind of got influenced a little bit that way. Um, but kind of unknowingly. When I started in the kitchens, uh, my daughter had just been born. I needed a job. So I went to the kitchens. Ended up really enjoying it, went to school for a year, noticed that I learned more in like actual kitchens and actual restaurants, ended up leaving and just worked my way up through the ranks that way. I mean, I do have some education like for the basics and stuff like that. Like I got to learn all the the French basics and then the rest of it, like just I would work at a restaurant and then learn as much as I could and then go and do a different style of cooking, learn all that, move on, you know. And what was that like, like learning about food in like the real world that was so different from your culinary uh, experience in school? It's funny because every time you go into a restaurant, you always get told it doesn't matter what you know, you don't know the way we do it, you know, which is so true. So if you if you stick to that, I find it gives you more of an open mind to, to work that way because you go to school, you come out extremely structured. Right. And, you know, in school, you're taught this is how this is how it's done. This is how it's done. This is how it's done without real kind of real world situations. You know, I mean, you, you kind of learn some working in the restaurant or the school or doing services and stuff. But I mean, restaurants are a funny thing, you know, and the, they have kind of a life of their own. And, and usually it stems from the chef or whoever's running your kitchen. You know, so everything's going to be very different and you got to be able to learn how to go with things. And I find that it made it so that today when there are issues or kind of weird oddities that pop up, I deal with them very, very easily because I'm so used to things just happening, you know, mm -hmm. and it kind of gave me more perspective on world cuisine as opposed to just one type of cuisine and being able to learn from like super good chefs than I mean, you can't, you can't ask for a much better education, you know? So I want to fast forward to today. And today you were at St. Martha's Brasserie. Tell me about the flavors like people can expect when dining there. Uh, okay. So when I started, it was full, just French. It was just a French restaurant and I've, I've made it more of a French influence. So I pull a lot of like where, cause the French obviously have kind of been all over the, the planet and influenced a lot of cuisine all over the place. And um, 
I, I kind of play on that. So like one of my favorite cuisines is Vietnamese. Obviously Vietnamese is part Chinese, part French, right? Like those, that's, that's how you get those flavors. So I kind of play with that and like, it might be a stretch, but I'll be like, yeah, all right. So we're going to do a Vietnamese flavor to our duck or whatever, you know, it's still French. You know what I mean? What people may not know is that I actually had the pleasure of cooking with you when I That's visited right. Ottawa, mm -hmm. um, when we were filming A Taste of Canada. And I had the opportunity to kind of sample one of the most flavorful dishes I've had in a long time. Do you remember what that dish was? Yeah, the cassoulet. Oh my God, it was so good. Like, how did you come up with the flavor profile for this dish? Because it did have a spin on it. Yeah, I started off traditional and then I just go off the rails with it, which is pretty much like what I do with everything I cook. I, I don't like keeping anything simple. You know? So a traditional cassoulet. Yeah, so you'd have a regular mirepoix, which is, do you remember what that is? Yes. Okay, so it's the onion, celery, carrot. So you start with that, that's yep. your base. Use a stock, you're cooking off some, some white beans. Um, we, use, uh, we use navy beans, but you can use anything really. Yeah, and that everything, it's, it's basically a casserole. It's a bean casserole with a crap ton of meat in there. And now your twist. So my twist is I just use different meats. So if I'm told to use pork, I go beyond that and I'll use something like wild boar because why not, you know? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that's, that's how I roll. <laughs> like, that's just yeah. like, I, yeah. I, I don't like to keep things simple. Like, I, I like to complicate everything and then make it look really simple in the end, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm a man, so I complicate everything. <laughs> you know uh, you said it i didn't <laughs> yeah and then and then obviously like i don't put all the meat in it so i'll do like pork belly which i use again i use wild boar i use wild boar sausage we throw some lamb in there duck meat and then finish it with duck fat and then on the top we do lamb now that's not super traditional but i love lamb lamb is my favorite red meat so we top it with uh, two lollipops, like two uh, lamb chops. Yeah, this meal, it's not its not shy of food. Like you are not going to leave there hungry. It is filling. And yeah, rich incredible. filling. Now rich, it's, it's extremely rich because of all the fat. So I had to come up with some way to break that up because I was like, there's no way people are going to want to eat this. A lot of people use balsamic vinegar or something like that or do almost like a, like a gastrique to break it up. And I said, okay, gastrique's fine. But what do I want to do? Because everybody does the same thing. Like, I mean, I got I to gotta think outside the box. I love Aboriginal flavors. So I said, okay, well, why not use spruce? So I made a spruce gastrique. There you go. Breaks it up. So you get almost like a citrusy kind of just, it's just perfect. <laughs> like it just works. And what do people tell you about your restaurant? Um, that if it, it feels home cooked, yes. like that, I think that's the biggest, and you know what? And that's a huge compliment. Yeah. Cause home cooked is comfort. Right. And that's kind of what I do. I do like, uh, like edgy comfort food, like, I guess, you know, um, elevated comfort food, if you will. Like you said earlier, we do very pretty dishes, but our mains are, I mean, you're, you're not going home hungry. I've offended customers cause they're standing there when my farmer brings in a whole lamb or, you know. And I actually, and it's bad because I actually encourage all my farmers to show up like while we're busy because there's no better advertising, right? And there's no better way. Like I could tell people tell them blue in the face that we do everything from scratch, but. As fresh as it gets. <laughs> yeah. With the whole when you, animal. When you see that, that weird sketchy farmer walk through a high-end dining room <laughs> like with a big piece of meat like that, you're like, okay, well maybe that's, you know. 
How about a couple of games? Are you up for a couple of games? Yeah, 100%. Okay, first one we're going to start with is this or that. Bath or shower? Oh, shower. Morning or evening? Evening. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Comedy or horror? Oh, comedy. Burger or hot dog? Oh, hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, hot dogs are my favorite food on the planet. I'm going to say that right now. (laughs) Says no one ever. I can't believe. Did you really just say that? Yeah. Hot dogs? Yeah, 100%. I have to have hot dogs in my house all the time. And listen, I'm from Montreal. (laughs) 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 You know what I mean? That's your default response. I'm from Montreal. (laughs) Yeah. You know, isn't that like where like the, the steamies, the hot dog, the steamies oh, come from? Yeah. And there's no other way to eat them. And I know everybody else, every other region on this planet all has their own way of eating them. There's no other way but steamed buns, steamed hot dog, cabbage and onions on there. You have the only, to yeah. The only place I know that does that is Ikea. <laughs> Ikea steams them? Oh, yes, I think yes. they do. I think yes. they do, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay, so what's worse, laundry or dishes? Uh, laundry. Bread. White or whole wheat? Whole wheat. Toilet paper, over or under? <laughs> over. This one's crucial. Over. over. Yes, over. over. <laughs> uh, under. What is that under? Like <laughs> Right? Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Toothpaste. Squeezed from the middle or the bottom? Bottom. Uh, every time. Water on your toothbrush before toothpaste or after? Before. Before. Yes. Popcorn or chips? Oh, that's tough. Uh, uh, I'd have to say chips. All right. Clean cups in the cupboard, right side up or upside down? Upside down. Who puts them (laughs) up? Who does that? (laughs) Because then you get the dust and... Oh, my God. (laughs) Why would you like... So you're washing the cup. You put it in the cupboard. It gets dusty. Then you got to wash it again before you use it. What's the point? See? People are crazy. Right side down. You're passionate about that one. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember you're talking to a man with OCD, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of have the same answers, so I'm thinking I'm there with you. Um, <laughs> salty or sweet? Salty. Reese's Pieces or M&M's? Oh, M&M's. That's hard. M&M's. Yeah, it is hard. That's a tough one. Yeah. So I would just take a little scoop of both. Right? <laughs> just mix right? the two. I just did That's that it. the other just day. Go crazy, mix the two. <laughs> oh, well. You have a, an incredible respect for food and where it comes from. Why is this so important to understand? You know what? It, it stems from, I was watching, you know, Colbert. Yep. I was watching him one night, like a few years ago. And he was on the street asking people about where food came from or whatever. And at first I was like, there's no way these people actually exist and this has to be scripted. And it wasn't. People had no idea chicken was chicken. And now I'm going to say something. I hope I don't offend somebody who, who actually eats at the restaurant that I cook at. But I had a piece of chicken. We, we serve chicken breasts, but they're Supremes. So they have the bone on it. So they have like the leg bone. So I had it sent back because there was a bone and this was appalling to this customer. I said, well, I don't understand. And, and she Wait said, Wait a well, minute. You served a dish and it had the bone in the breast. Right. <laughs> and it was returned? Yeah. Back because, to the kitchen? Yeah, because there was a bone and they thought it was disgusting and appalling and there shouldn't <laughs> be bones in chicken. I said, well, do you understand what chicken is? And she said, well, yeah, obviously. And I said, well, are you sure? 
So, well, there shouldn't be any bones or anything like that on chicken. That's disgusting. Where, like, where did you find this? I said, well, you realize that this was an animal. She said, no, it wasn't. No way. I had to turn around. And that's like, that's scary to me. I deal with mostly meat and I love meat, but I also understand that that meat was a living being once. So I'm going to try and show it the most respect as possible. Even vegetables and stuff. Somebody put a lot of effort into growing that for me. So why not show it the full respect? You know, throwing out ends and not making your own stocks and throwing out bones and this and that. Like, that's craziness. Or throwing away cuts because they're hard to cook. None of that makes any sense to me. Like, I I believe that you should use, if you're going to buy an animal, you use the entire animal from tail to nose, you know, or nose to tail, the way people say it. Like, I'll use, I use marrow to thicken soups or, you know, to spread on things. I like, like I use every piece of the animal as much as I can. You describe your kitchen style as like a punk rock take on food. What does that mean? Well, I've always been against the grain, obviously. And like, and I, I like to take a classic dish that's supposed to be, you know, unadulterated, especially with French food. There's no playing with French food. Normally you just, this is what it is. You do it that way. And that's how it is. And I rather go, you know what? I'll take this. Let's see what it is. So let's, um, I'm going to give away one of my secrets right now, but that's fine. So tomahawk steak, that's a beef cut, right? And it's an expensive beef cut because you're using up the rib. So you're losing the meat from the rib and the whole thing. And you have to make that distinction. So I, I like to take a pig and get all the beef cuts out of a pig. So I'll do a tomahawk steak, like a double bone tomahawk steak out of pork okay because why not nobody else is doing it right right you know you don't see it very often and i'm aging pork well nobody ages pork i mean you you cure pork and you smoke it and all that but nobody's nobody's aging it so why not so right now i've got like 90 day dry aged pork belly the color of it's incredible the flavor is insane so that i i just like to go against the grain a little bit i like i like to see how far i can push things and I'm a why not kind of guy. So if if you tell me, oh, well, you can't do this. Well, why not? I mean, to quote you, you said like not being scared to talk about the stuff no one wants to talk about. Yeah, exactly. I'm so tired of watching certain networks and stuff that say, well, this is how it has to be. And listen, food, food's there to nourish us. Why not make it fun? Not Why not experiment with it? Some of the best recipes are mistakes. Well, so make mistakes and it's it's cool to make mistakes. I'm Mary Mamaliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Chef Mike Gaumont of St. Martha's Brasserie. So take me through your signature dish. I want you to walk me through how you played it and, you know, what what drink would you pair with it? Okay, so, well, it's going to be this, the cassoulet mm-hmm. for sure. Like, that, that has to be my signature. So I would say the casserole, basically... I'm going to take some of that, put that on the bottom of the plate. So that's going to be your base, almost like a risotto. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of texture that you're looking for. Then you're going to want to cut that a little bit, obviously, because of all the fat. I like raquette. And if you talk to my sous chef, almost every one of my dishes has raquette on it so, at, to some some extent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, cause I love the pepperiness of it. Or sorry, uh, arugula. Arugula. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's so, so good. I, yeah, and I love I love that pepperiness and kind of like a, it, it reminds me almost of radish, right? Like a, it's almost like that same flavor profile as radish, and radish cuts into everything. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's just it's a different texture as well. 
you know, so I'm going to put that before up in my seared uh, lamb chops, if you remember that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now the chops, what I do is I sous vide them. So we sous vide all all our chops uh, everything's brought to to a medium rare that way because on the like on the line nobody's going to want to wait for that to cook straight through and i always want to bring everything to a medium rare because that's where it's going to be the best so we sous vide everything then i cast iron it done you get a nice crust on it with all those with all the herbs that we've like marinated it in those i'm not going to (laughs) share yeah (laughs) and then uh Place those on top like a little crown. Drizzle with the uh, spruce tips. Voila. Beautiful. And what would you pair with that drink-wise? Obviously wine. Wine's the place to go. But you know what? Like in these days, like I think, I, I think beer is taking more of um, a front seat. Really? There's so many. Everybody, everybody's got a microbrewery in their backyard now. You know, I noticed that like, when so it came to Ottawa. Yeah, there's a lot of microbreweries. Oh my god! Like every part of town has like two or three of them. Which you know what I'm fine with because like I'm not a huge drinker, but once in a while it's nice to have a beer, and I rather have like something that's locally made. I would say like uh, one of the local breweries here has a uh, red IPA, unbelievable. So it's like you get that you get the richness of a red of a red beer, but then like the bitterness of the IPA, which works with the uh the richness of of the dish itself and then the sweetness of the uh, spruce reduction like it all just blends so well together like it's unbelievable i'm glad you mentioned that because i wouldn't have thought to pair it with a beer really yeah honestly see when i thought of like when i when i thought of my flavor profiles that's a re- that's exactly where i went to first all you're looking for is for stuff to cut right and i find like sometimes if you don't pick your right wine even even beer, if you don't pick the mm-hmm. right beer, but usually it's pretty easy with beer. But if you don't pick your right wine, you'll destroy that dish, right? Because then, because wine wine's a bully, right? Like wine likes to take over. And I mean, I I I love wine, and I know that the second I have a glass of wine, like that flavor just stays in your mouth, and that's it. Like you just, you know. So if if it doesn't work well with the dish that you're eating, you've just destroyed it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Beer, well, beer is an easier. It's more forgiving. So how do you approach a palate or a, an ingredient that's unfamiliar to you? You know, <laughs> you know what? A lot of times I'll fake it. Do you? <laughs> yeah, of course. If I don't know what it is, I, I actually like that kind of stuff. Like one of my suppliers will come and say, oh, hey, look, I've got this. Have you ever done? Have you ever tried this? Well, of course I have. I don't know, you know, <laughs> but the way my mind works is I picture flavor in my mind before it's done. So for some reason I know how things will taste. Sometimes I don't like, uh, for instance, I was trying to mess with my sous chef once and I said, okay, well, we're going to make a sauce. We're going to use plums, chicken hearts, coffee, and chocolate, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like chicken hearts in it. Like that's crazy. But, and it ended like, up, how would you come up with that? It's just something that these are, these are tastes that you enjoy. Yeah, well, yeah, like chicken hearts are delicious, and they're very beefy almost, right? Like they're very um, metallic. They're it's almost like eating liver, right? So if you make if you make a plum sauce that goes with liver, it works well, in my opinion. I think so. What would you never use or cook with in your kitchen? You know what? I don't I don't like to use um, like powdered stock stuff. Like I don't believe in that. Like mm-hmm. I believe everybody. If you have food in the house or in your kitchen you you have the power to make a stock now that being said obviously like sometimes you don't have time 
that that's fine by me. But I'd say that that and soy sauce. Okay. I'm I'm really not a fan of soy sauce. <laughs> I do I do European French you know cooking like I like I don't know where soy sauce would even fit in there. Okay, rapid fire. Ingredient you're most afraid of. Oh man, uh, kimchi. Celebrity you would love to cook for? Oh, this is super out of the ballpark. Uh, this would be uh, Tom Waits. Oh, okay. Name five foods you always keep in your fridge at all times. <laughs> hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hot mustard. Pickles. What are those things called? They're the they're marinated eggplant. Yep. The pickled eggplant. Yeah. Love that. What's the weirdest dish you've ever made? The weirdest dish? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> um, peanut butter soup. Please tell. I know this is rapid fire, but I need to hear this peanut butter soup. All right. So when I was a kid, my mom used to watch The Urban Peasant. Do you remember that show? Yes, yes, yes. That guy, he was drunk as hell by the end of the show. <laughs> so he made peanut butter soup one day and we all used to come home for lunch from school. And my mom had this going. Even my father, nobody would eat it. It was awful. It was disgusting. <laughs> I couldn't figure out what the hell she did wrong because clearly this guy, you know, and then come, come to later that it's, it's basically a sweet and sour soup. Oh, okay. That makes sense. You know, and, cause they use a lot of peanut butter, like for like satay and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that's, that's why I made it. So I had, cause I had to figure out why it didn't work for my mom. Cause it was terrible. It was awful. Like you can ask her, I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> <You know? laughs> But you'll because remember as soon as this. you said, yeah, as soon as you said peanut butter soup, I thought stock and soup, uh, stock yeah, and no. peanut butter. Yeah, no, no. Well, it was basically like that. And I think something, a, st- a step was missed or he was too <laughs> drunk and he missed some steps because something was really. Peanut butter soup. Okay. What's your favorite curse word to use in the kitchen? Okay, well, it's f- <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and, <laughs> what's your favorite kitchen gadget? Oh, mandolin. 100%. Culinary trend that should disappear already. <laughs> Gluten-free. <laughs> Most common mistakes in the kitchen. Most common mistakes? Overcooking. Okay. Describe your culinary style in two words. Classic punk rock. Okay. Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. What would you bring back? Also sexy back. <laughs> <laughs> I love to ask all my guests to share a kitchen confession with us. Do you have one? Uh, yeah. You know what? I'll tell. <laughs> so when I was a lot younger, I had been asked to do a bouquet garni. Now I, I didn't know what the hell a bouquet garni was back then. Like I, I was, I was just beginning the whole thing. So finally, the my chef at the time said, "Okay, just grab, just grab these herbs, wrap them up, throw them in the stock, done." He didn't tell me that you're supposed to take the elastics off. I figured, well, if I leave all the elastics on the bunch, then that's going to be perfect because it'll hold together. I didn't think that that flavor would leach into the into into the stock and then eventually come off and he would taste it and end up with an elastic in his face. <laughs> so I'll tell you one thing. I never, ever, ever have left an elastic on a bunch of... Uh, a, a bunch of verbs since then because you want to get yelled at that's a good way especially when you're when your chef's like a two-star michelin chef you know and you're cooking with rubber bands yeah you only do that once <laughs> thanks for that one shoot that was good
So if listeners want to reach out for more from you, um, how can they find you? Um, I'm on Instagram. My my handle on there is Ckask. Uh, it's pti underscore casque. I'm also on Facebook, uh, Chef Michel Goumont. And uh, that's pretty much it. Or call the restaurant, make a reservation. And the restaurant name? It's uh, St. Martha's Brasserie. And that's in Orleans, Ontario. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a great time. A lot of laughs. My face hurts a little bit. (laughs) That's good. That's good. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew. And I'm Mary Mamaliti. See you at the next episode.